That opening was longer than all Marvel movies after Phase 2. Nice, man. It's the longest Marvel movie. Infinity War, I think. Yeah, I think so. They're all like two to three hours now. And then Endgame's coming in and it's like three hours, fuck you. No intermission. No. Piss before you see the movie. <laughs> there's no breaks for you. I think they confirmed there's no intermission. Why would there be? Yeah, it's theater. We went to go see The Hateful Eight a couple of years ago and it was there was a 15-minute... Were you with us when we went to go see it with uh, Dan, Shane? Yep, I was there. There's and an there was intermission? A, there's a 15-minute yeah. intermission. It yeah, was on... Had, like, a play. Um, it was a f- like on a whatever projector. Like it was a proper film movie, so they had to yeah. do the real switch and everything. Oh, I feel wow. like in that case, they yeah. probably had the intermission not to be practical and friendly, but just because just to get the whole you know the texture of old time moviness. Yeah, it also felt like a play. Like it almost seemed because it was basically it was it was primarily based in a like in a in a cabin, and it just felt like like that was the set that every everything happened within that room. So. Well, I, I mean, know. if you distill down Quentin Tarantino, dialogue is his thing. It's his thing, yeah. And if yeah. you look at plays, dialogue is generally is their, their thing. thing. Yeah. So it's very similar. <clears throat> Welcome to the to the special edition of the weekly podcast. We're recording on a Friday instead of a Sunday. Wow. It's yeah. a good it's a good day. <laughs> it's yeah. It's a good day. It's a good I, day. I want to do week. one thing before we jump into today's topic. I want to know what everybody's favorite Good Friday song was. What? Huh? Oh, I don't even know what that uh, is. What is it? Christian Dior Flow. Christian Dior Denim Flow? Yeah, I agree one. with that. Yes. You guys don't remember the days of you don't remember Good Friday? Leading up to Dark Twisted Fantasy? No. So, Every week Kanye West released a song. No, I don't. Good Friday, Looking for Trouble, Chain Heavy, Take One for the Team, Lord, Lord, Lord. Take it for the team. Hey, Gabby, did you see that Kevin Durant interview where he, he says, I'm Kevin Durant? <laughs> yeah, okay, cool, man. Great. Uh, welcome to the, <laughs> to the special uh, Easter special of the Slice podcast. We have everybody. Hide your eggs. Hide your wife. Whoa. Oh, my God. If you cut me off one more eggs. fucking time while I'm talking, I'm going to punch you. I'll punch him for you, nobody. Okay. Thanks, bro. <laughs> Paul's here. Gabby's here. Shane's here. I'm Yo. here. Full What's squad up? today. Jesus squad. is going to rise. Um, Has he fallen yet? Not yet. Well, today. Good Friday, yeah. <laughs> when Thanos <laughs> snapped, he, yeah, he, was, <laughs> he was one of the first. Oh, God. Uh, so on Friday, we are, or Thursday, I guess, we're going to see uh, Endgame, which is going to be the conclusion of a 22 uh, movie arc for the saga. Marvel saga. saga. The, uh, I believe it's sounds like you're saying business saga. Saga. We're seeing it in saga. Um, saga. Twenty-one movie arc. This will be the twenty-second movie. Crazy. That'll be it's crazy. three hours long. It's unprecedented. It's been happening over the course of the last eleven years. We've been watching a lot of Marvel movies, a lot of Marvel properties, either on TV um, or on Netflix, and soon to be Disney Plus. That was announced recently, but. What we wanted to do just before jumping into Endgame this week, and we hope that all of you are excited as we are, um, we're going to talk about what our favorite MCU movie is, as well as what we uh, agree on as the best MCU movie. Since there's, we have to agree on it. We don't have to agree on it. We can yeah, just we're on not going to agree on it. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling there's. I feel like we'll all see each other's point when it comes to the best one. But favorites, I think, will be an interesting dialogue. Anyways. We're going to talk about our favorite MCU movies. We'd love to know what your favorite MCU movies are, as well as what you consider the best MCU movie. So just let us know on social media after today's episode. Um, you'd probably be hearing this on Tuesday, so we'll only be two two days out from, from Endgame. Um, beware, there are a lot of spoilers, and, and there's footage uh, circling online. Already? So, yeah. Really? Yeah, there was a big leak on uh, a couple the, earlier the, this week. The movie week. leaked? 
not movie, but there was a scene apparently that leaked and a scene description that leaked that's Whoa. confirmed as Stay away legit. From the internet, man. I think it comes out in China two days before it comes yeah, out here as well. Yeah, you telling me that makes no so. sense though. It's weird. Are you sure? It I does? think it's April twenty fourth that comes out in China. I'm gonna double check. I'm gonna fact check myself really Avengers quickly. Avengers Endgame. But it I'd seems love to like hear... if you didn't want something to leak, releasing something in advance <laughs> in China would probably be the worst yeah, idea. Yeah, April twenty fourth in China. Yeah, so it is coming out early in China, and it's interesting because last time it didn't come out until after it was already out here for a couple weeks. So China's getting it first. Those Chinese. Okay. Wow. wow. Okay. That's yeah. impressive. Uh, so, <laughs> well, in general, Asia and Australia do tend to get things first, just because that's how time zones break down. But ultimately, oh, thanks for the. I'm gonna roll back basketball. earlier Look, this man, year. I was trying to cover you on the whole them damn Chinese thing. <laughs> how to Train Your Dragon came out in the UK about Who a month cares? and a half earlier than it came it's out. It's a good here. movie, man. How to Train movie. Your Dragon? How do you train your dragon? Well, well you can't really. I learned actually. In the third one, affection. you can. Yeah, love that. You pet it. You let it sleep, and you feed it. Same way you train a dog. <laughs> essentially yeah um so what's your favorite uh mcu movie what is your what, do you, what can we agree or disagree on as the best mcu movie um let's start with who am i gonna pick i want to hear gabby's thoughts first yeah All right. gabby what's your favorite mcu movie why Give it to us, gabby. And what do you think is the best mcu movie or do you want to go through favorites first and then we'll go through best after favorites okay favorites let's do favorites first, first and then we'll do best first. after so favorite mcu movie and why the incredible hulk Okay, Paul. <laughs> I'm just uh, get off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. All right. Oh boy. Uh, uh, incredible Hulk. Um, no. Uh, but on a serious note, uh, my favorite one is is uh, Spider Man. Homecoming. Homecoming is Why? my is my favorite. What is it about that movie that makes you? I think, th- I think the the you way it made me right feel because it's perfect. The way it made me feel was nothing like any of the other movies. I think it was more of like a glorifying Spider-Man moment in Hollywood where I've had a really angry relationship with Hollywood and just fucking up Spider-Man movies. And they finally made a good one. So I was like really happy that they did. So I think that's why it's my favorite movie. Okay. Do you... Are you excited for Far From Home? Obviously, you're excited. Super excited for, for it, yeah. They, you see, they bumped up the they real estate two up, days yeah. early, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so random. I think it's because it's trying to uh, avoid July 4th weekend. Why? Well, what's coming out July 4th? It's America. America. America, that's right. America is coming out. <laughs> it's American <laughs> Plus America. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Homecoming. You can tell we, uh, we record in Canada, not only from the uh, Toronto hat I'm wearing, the We the North hat Gabby's wearing, the Raptor shirt you're wearing, the Toronto reigning champ shirt I'm wearing. It's all good, man. There's representation Represent, in this room. Represent. Our audience can't tell what any of you are wearing. This is a podcast. I know. That's why I announced it all, Paul. I think Thank the original... I, also, I would say probably the original Avengers movie is up there as well. Really? Yeah. It didn't age well for me. I haven't really seen it again, so maybe that's why. I just remember like really enjoying it when I first watched it in theaters. I love the first Iron Man. I think it's so good. Still, I think that first phase has so many good... Like I want to like go back movies. and rewatch a bunch of movies, you know? Because I really haven't rewatched a lot of them. So uh, that's something I do want to do. Okay, so you've got to vote for Incredible Hulk. <laughs> uh, okay, so Spider Man Homecoming is yours, which is interesting because it's just it's it's not that old of a movie too. So it's we'll not be old. It's great. It's so good. It's a good movie. movie. It's really good. It's it's, done, it's easily one of the best. Okay, Paul, what do you got? My favorite MCU movie. MCU movie is unequivocally Iron Man Two. Okay, I've never seen one, it. This you is haven't seen Iron seen Man it? 2? No. Iron Man 2 is great, man. Iron Man good. 2, like, it gets a lot of flack for being, like, silly from a movie standpoint, but realistically, all these Marvel movies are silly to some, from some degree. Is that the but, one with the guy with the whip? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he's not really it. a major part of it, right? Like, in Iron Man 2, 
Tony Stark is both the antagonist and protagonist of the story. It's just a character study. It's all about, like, at this point, this is just when the MCU is starting off. And he is, at that point, the most remarkable person in the world. World governments are, like, losing their shit. And they're, like, developing suits to try and combat him. The American government is trying to, like, take control of his suit. Um, There's a whole plot. He's, like, dealing with S.H.I.E.L.D. at the same time. It's just no one can touch him. But at the same time... His own suit is, like, poisoning his blood. And so while the rest of the world is literally, like, trying to get at Tony Stark, he's just like, yeah, yeah, fuck off. I'm dealing with my own thing. And it's just Tony Stark is bigger and badder than everybody and dealing with his own shit and ignoring everybody else while there's chaos all around him. And all it takes for him is just, like, figure out your own shit. And then he resolves everything. Wow. So out of all of the Marvel movies, Iron Man 2 stands out the most to you it as is a my well i mean i enjoy tony stark the most and if like i say you're, you're you're a tony stark type guy tony stark i like that's, tony stark a, that's a huge well. compliment I'd, I'd love to hear you expand upon that more in private yeah but <laughs> but but ultimately like from if i had to pick an uh, a marvel movie to watch just for my pure enjoyment of what i like about these like mcu films i'd go to iron man too because it's like it's my favorite marvel character just being bitter, bigger and badder than everybody else. Interesting take. Okay. Iron Man 2. So we've got Spider-Man Homecoming, Iron Man 2, Shane. Oh, okay. For me, uh, it's a tie between the original um, the original Guardians of the Galaxy and I'm going to have to say I really, really enjoyed Thor Ragnarok for multiple reasons. One, because I'm a huge fan of comedy. So... They're both comedic, <laughs> and it was a nice little change of pace in the, the Marvel series uh, for both of those characters, or introducing Guardians of the Galaxy, I thought was fantastic. James Gunn, I really like the way that he directs and his integration of music. I'm very much into music, so there's a lot of great pairing of music and scenes in that, which I think was really nice to see, and is now commonplace in most films. You, you'll consistently have pairing of music to movies more so than you would have had like it's a classic rock kind of soundtrack with some soul in it and stuff like that which i thought was really good um i mean admittedly i did fall asleep the first time i watched thor ragnarok uh after a wow. full day of walking in new york city and then watching it at like a, what time did we watch it at like it's late it was like an 11 o'clock show yeah or something. so it was like super late so i ended up just falling asleep and then i watched it again and i still loved it the you know and I'm kind of fangirling over it because I am such a big fan of the director of the movie his other projects I've all seen and all enjoy so much so that I watch the offshoots of it you know what we do in the shadows the offshoot of that and Wellington Paranormal which are offshoots of what we do in the shadows which is something else that he directed and I'm a big fan of like Australia and New Zealand style of humor uh you know hunt for the wilder people and, and things like that I think as well so I really enjoyed that. I know people think that Marvel movies, and especially with Thor being a god, he shouldn't be funny. But I, I thought that it fit. And I That's don't... part of what makes it so funny, right? It's yeah. like, I feel like the biggest criticism for Thor as a character previously is like, he's this one character who there's so much reverence for like all of what he is, but real, realistically, like, don't give it, no, one, no one really cares about Norse, like, Norse gods. Like, they're not, like, the. it's not, like, the leading type yeah. of mythology. It's not, like, the most popular. So, like, when you're, like, he's Thor, he's God of Thunder. Like, you're not, you're not, your head's not turning for that. So, I find the fact that, like, 
they took that third film and they decide like we're just gonna be super lighthearted about all this we're gonna take this character like out of we're gonna take him completely out of his zone and out of his mythos and into a completely different world and we're also gonna be amazingly funny like yeah. it's easily one of what's I- amazingly funny i think what i enjoyed about it as well is they introduced the side character who wasn't an animal who i thought was like the comedic relief and was amazing i find in most films they'll use an animal as comedic relief like you have uh rocket raccoon you have the cat in um captain marvel Marvel. goose yeah yeah you have goose you have rocket raccoon um and even like outside of that in other movies they start using like you know, in the Lego movie, too, which is not in the Marvel Universe, but, you know, whatever. You have, like, the cat that's in there that's, like, supposed to be this comedic relief. I find a lot of the time they rely on different animals to give that comedic relief. And this went out and did something different where you had the guy who was made of stone. What's his name again? Korg. Yeah, yeah, Korg. So good. Who yeah. is voiced by the director of the film, who I'm a big fan of. So, obviously, that. And plus, I've got Jeff Goldblum in it. That was great, too. Not enough of him, but that was great, too. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I know people have their, their gripes with that. It's like it's unnecessary to have him the way he is. But I think Jeff Goldblum is one of the more larger-than-life celebrities in today's Hollywood. So I think it's perfectly fitting to put him in a movie that should never have existed in the way it is and then put him in it in one of the starring roles and really show that, like, we can do whatever the fuck we want. We're Marvel. We're gonna put together whatever we want, and you guys are gonna like it. And you know, at the time, it, it a lot of people did enjoy it, but looking back on it, I know there's a lot of people who have their grips with it now. But I thought it was great. Something that was really cool about that movie was it kind of took Thor's like omnipotence, like his all powerfulness, and it just like decided like we're just gonna we're just gonna put that off to the side here. We're gonna make him. We're gonna side him with like two other characters who are easily just as strong. I could probably kick his ass. And, like, that just kind of leveled the playing field. Because sometimes, like, it's a little silly to think of, like, Thor going to these situations where it's just, like, this guy could literally just decide to call in, like, thunderstorms and solve a problem mm-hmm. just by, frying, like, filleting it. <laughs> but Fillet it. But in Ragnarok, like, he's you've got Tessa Thompson playing, like, Valkyrie, who is just, like, jaded and over his shit and routinely kicks his ass and tases him repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got the Hulk. Yeah. Who, like... Doesn't care. And we see the Guardians. Everyone's it. over his shit, yeah. Right? And arguably, the Guardians are in that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In it? Ragnarok? No, it's, no. In, it's in Avengers that they meet up with them, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Infinity War. Right. In Infinity War. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. My timeline's a little skewed. <laughs> it's right. It's literally right after what happens yeah. in Ragnarok. That's why film. I think it, my brain continues. You could really look Ragnarok, Ragnarok and think Ragnarok is Guardians, right? Ragnarok ends on when Thanos is attacking the, the, the fleet, and then they go and pick up or like minutes or like very shortly after like it's a it's out of all the marvel movies it's the most like like it literally picks up right from it's where woven Thor right into yeah. the main story arc, yeah right? that plot plays right into it yeah. so it was it was it was the last one before yeah it was no, november 2017 november 2017 uh, so i have uh i have a couple in between that i think uh, thor ragnarok and then you have black panther and then you have oh Avengers yes black panther in, in, sorry infinity war but black panther took place after civil war right so it wasn't as like it wasn't right when <laughs> leading into it yeah now daniel what about yours because i know you have also a huge comic book backing with it and everything uh like that. not really i mean the, the character that i the, the 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 movie i was most excited to see when they announced it was guardians of the galaxy so guardians of the galaxy to me is the best it's my favorite, sorry. It's my favorite <laughs> MCU movie. Um, I could argue that it's the best as well, but I think for me, any of the cosmic stuff is really like, 
the, the ridiculousness <clears throat> of it is kind of what makes it really appealing for me. Um, I think Guardians came out when the MCU was starting to get maybe a little bit stale. We were seeing sequels that weren't really hitting as hard. So we had, you know, Thor The Dark World. We had um, the second Captain America movie, which is amazing. But the first Captain America movie to me was a little bit underwhelming. The first Thor movie I didn't love when I first saw it. Um, uh, Iron Man 2 I don't think is very good in the grander context of, of, of the Marvel Shots Universe. Fired. Those Iron Man 3. Yeah, he's just picking apart everybody's picks. Iron your Man. movie shit, your movie shit. Yeah, so I, I, the only one I picked on was Paul so far. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't gotten to me yet. Iron Man 2 to me, and I'm just going to, because I didn't really weigh in on it. it. It was the first movie in the universe that felt like required reading. Because up until that point in time, like they were making a lot of the Marvel movies. Um, on the contingency that you hadn't seen the other ones, so you didn't have to see them. But what Iron Man 2 did is it felt like you have to see this going into Avengers, which I wasn't a huge fan of at the time. Now that they've adopted more of like a, you have to see all of the MCU films, like we're going to stop assuming that you haven't seen them, and we're going to start assuming that you have seen them. I think it fits a little bit better, the, the, the larger yeah. narrative. But it's a sequel. Point. It is, but I also, I, I, it didn't feel like it, it continued along a lot of the plots of the first movie. It felt more so like it was, you know, a, a, pre, a prelude for what we knew was about to come in Avengers. And I think that that underlying, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. storyline, it just felt almost shoehorned into a certain I extent. Think I, would just, I think I would disagree with that pretty like, well, I, it makes I, sense because it's your favorite movie. But like, but also the movie, <laughs> that movie like starts right off where the set where the first one ends. It does, but it doesn't play like the the idea of being like Tony Stark and like and 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 developing the Iron Man like persona and like you know his his developing suits and and having to change who he is based on the experience that he went through of being abducted and becoming Iron Man. A lot of that doesn't feel like it continues. It's not a continued thread. Like I feel like the rest of the world feels the ramifications of that. But Iron Man himself is dealing with something that's very, very different. And it, I, again, like everybody has their own personal but that's preference. That's story, though, right? It is. But I'm just saying it wasn't. To me, it felt much like you had to see it in order to see Avengers just for the su- the Shield subplot, which I wasn't a big fan of. I just thought it got it felt shoehorned in. I wanted it to be more Iron Man. Like to your point, there was a lot of great plot points in Iron Man, but it had too many things going on for it to feel like a pure Iron Man movie. It felt like it had an Iron Man subplot. Or sorry, it had an Iron Man plot, and then it had the subplot of Shield, which by the middle of the movie is actually one of the main plot points. And then you have Rhodey's storyline going on, the American government. It just felt jam packed. I, I, I don't think stuff. I would consider the Shield thing one of the main plot points, to be honest. I mean, Nick Fury's in the movie more than he's been in any other movie up until Captain Marvel. Anyways, I don't want to talk about it too long, but the idea, <laughs> the idea, for me is I that Guardians, Guardians, stop taking away from his favorite movie, man. Know, Guardians. Right? <laughs> Guardians to me was very refreshing in that it it took everybody that we already knew in the Marvel universe. I, I disagree with you. And it was completely outside of it. Like the Guardians don't know about any of the Avengers. They don't know anything that's going on on Earth. Like it's a very we, they, personal we still story. Don't know who they are. Sorry, I'm just, I'm just joking. They all met, you idiot. <laughs> in, in Infinity War. Uh, but yeah, so it felt like. We had we had all these movies that took place in, in a similar area, and there's all these things that are connecting the, the, the universe together, and then you have Guardians of the Galaxy that came out of nowhere and felt very refreshing, and yes, it was part of the MCU, but it didn't really feel connected to the MCU just yeah. yet, um, and I love that. I love that it was kind of a fresh start, and it really was the pilot for what we now consider the Marvel like cosmic universe, um, which incorporates you know Thor Ragnarok, Guardians 2, Infinity War, Thanos... It almost it also demystified Thanos a little bit. I think after we saw Avengers and you see Thanos at the end of it and you tease it, it was like, oh my god, there's this like 
ominous thing overlooking the entire MCU. Grimace is back. It's like, it was like the bridge, right? To Thanos? <clears throat> yeah, and then but then very early on in Guardians, they just talk about Thanos because people know who Thanos is. Like mm-hmm. he's like he's he's this all powerful person that has these, you know, lackeys like Gamora and, and, and Nebula that go out and just wreak havoc. Um, so it, it was kind of cool to kind of get to know Thanos a little bit better. So I think it did a really good job um, in balancing a lot of what we had already seen um, in, in a very limited capacity, but it also felt very, very refreshing. And it was also very funny. I think it was the funniest Marvel movie, I think, that we've seen to date. Um, I think, I think, I think Ragnarok, Ragnarok's got it. I think Ragnarok, sorry, up until that point, and it was the funniest movie that we had seen. I still think it ranks among, amongst the funniest, but I think Ragnarok, yeah, kind of took over that spot but i think you know i'd end up there too i think without guardians i don't think you can have movies like ragnarok be a part of the mcu just because of how they build upon the foundation of what james gunn really laid out which is it's okay to be goofy and it's okay to kind of be a little bit out there with what you see and i think guardians was probably one of the first movies that like felt stylistically different than anything else and has, has allowed other movies like thor ragnarok and black panther to adopt their own um, visual elements and uh, directors are being able to have a little bit more creative control as long as it fits part of the bigger narrative. So it's an important movie for me, but it's also just one of my favorites to watch. It's great. I think I've seen that movie more in theaters than I've seen anything else before. Nice, man. Like five or six times. That's so. great. Yeah. I That's think, my take. Love Guardians. Do you think Guardians... So I, I didn't seen love Guardians people, too. You didn't love Guardians too? No. Okay, so I, I, kind of, I liked it. I, I like Guardians. I liked it. I didn't think it was great. I also really like Guardians too. I thought Guardians 2 was actually funnier than Guardians 1. Funnier, but I didn't think it was a better movie overall. So, I didn't think it was but that's the thing to me. It's like part of why I really appreciate Gardens is like Gardens is so very different than all the other films. But I feel like Gardens is almost more of a comedy than it is like an action adventure movie, which I'm down with. Yeah, again, it's my my genre preference. Where so. do you? So I'm curious because like you're you're really into comedy, and I'd say like you have a pretty wide palette as far as comedy goes. Where does like among those three, like Gardens, Gardens Two, and Thor Ragnarok, like? What would you say is like hits the funniest notes? Because I feel like they all deal with very similar tones. Ragnarok, Guardians, Guardians Two, and then and then Ant Man. I think Ant Man is up. Like I think Ant Man is severely underrated. I love Paul Rudd. I think it's hilarious. I think it's hilarious. And his 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 Hispanic friend. Yeah, and I think Ant Man and the Wasp carried on the like it. I think that was probably the best sequel to a Marvel movie, being that I haven't seen Iron Man two or three. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) Better than Captain America. Captain America? No, yeah, you got me there. Okay. Well, the first Avenger, Captain America, sucks. It's boring as hell. Yeah. So therefore, I would say that, yes. I would say, say Ant-Man. One-two punch is better. And Ant-Man the and the Wasp one-two is okay. a one-two sting. Okay. Float like a butterfly, sting. sting like a wasp. And yeah, I think John Leguzam, Leguza, Leguzamo. Leguzamo is amazing in it. Mm. Is that my man? Yeah. Yeah. It's I, great. I think Ant-Man's hilarious. And Paul Rudd doesn't age. <laughs> They're very fun. Like, I find that the Ant-Man movies are like... It was almost like a palate cleanser after Infinity War, after the stakes have never been higher. Like to have a movie like Ant Man and the Wasp that feels very familial and like down to earth. <laughs> I mean, it's great. Fuck? Like, it's just a really. Sk- it, I mean, it's about his daughter. Like it's about him, you know, not wanting to leave the house because there's a potential that he might lose his daughter. He's one of you know, no, he's, he's trying not to yeah, violate like house arrest. Yeah, he's trying not to violate house arrest. That's but, the underlying plot of. I, of I, just, think, I just think Paul Rudd is so charming. Yeah, yeah. he's sure. so likable. But like, you have this question that's asked in Avengers of like, where the fuck was Ant Man? <laughs> yeah, right. And then yeah. they solely make a movie to tell you where Ant Man was. He's on, he was house, on house arrest all the time. Yeah, yeah. 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 he's like, on house arrest. Ant Man just came out after Infinity War. Yeah, it, it was did. the first movie after Infinity right. War. Yeah. But going back to what you were saying about like, I don't think that movie would have existed without Guardians. No. Ant Man, you talking about? Yeah. 
Yeah. I think Guardians granted a lot of freedom to the directors that 100%. joined the MCU after. Yeah, and it allowed it to be funny. Like, yeah. until that point, you didn't have really funny quality superhero movies. It's a before and I mean, after I feel for like the Marvel they all Universe. Had common, like, they had elements oh, yeah. of it, but I mean, like, like Ragnarok is consistent. Like, it's one of my favorite sequences in that in, in, in the MCU is in Ragnarok, where... Uh, where he's escaping with Banner, and then he just keeps going. The sun's getting real low. The sun's getting real low, and it's like it's like a good like two or three minutes where that's all he's saying to Banner. And that banter wasn't something that was there in the Banner banter wasn't there prior yeah. to two Guardians. Like there was funny moments in all of the movies uh, uh, up until that point. Like you have the shawarma scene. You have they dabble in it, but they never really fully embrace it and allow it to just like really um, yeah. envelop the movie in still, the way that there's movies still after a level did. of like your. Your, your sense of like disbelief that they're trying to dispel there, right? With Ragnarok and Guardians, it's just like there are no sacred cows. Like everything that can be, like everything that we can make fun of, we will make We're fun gonna of. We're going to make fun of, yeah. Like even, even like the Hulk, the most like serious and like, and depressing character of all of them like there will be a point where he will just be like don't worry i got this and then he's gonna fall face first onto like a rainbow bridge yeah it's it's great mm-hmm. it's all, almost like a callback to that scene in avengers where he's just like that's my secret i'm always and then you see, see him transform and punch a warship yeah right in the nose <laughs> he punches a spaceship and then he does it he tries to you know pull that again with the valkyrie who i don't think they've ever named tessa thompson's valkyrie just she's a valkyrie her name is Valkyrie. Well, a Valkyrie is a type of like. I know, word, but like but... the title of like when you see the promotional materials, her name is Valkyrie. In any That's case, it. so he the, he tries to pull the same thing with Valkyrie. He jumps out of the spaceship and then falls down. Yeah. And you just hear the night the telltale like the sound of flesh hitting glass surface. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's yeah, great. It's great. All right, so that wraps up uh, favorite. So we've got Spider Man Homecoming. Just quick recap: Spider Man Homecoming, Iron Man Two. Thor Ragnarok, and then Slash Guardians. Guardians of the Galaxy. I, I kind of, Thor Ragnarok's up there for me, too. I think it might be, I've seen it a lot now, too. Yeah. Well, that first time that we saw it, I didn't love it. I thought it was really good. Which every time I've Ragnarok? seen it, yeah. Every, after we watch it. I every time I've seen it, it I, like, I love it more and more. It's actually one of the movies I've gone back and I think the watched the most since coming out uh, on iTunes or like on digital. It came out and I watched it again like right away. I loved it so much. It's so good. I, the, the most, so... <laughs> The most that I've seen out of any Marvel movie is one specific scene in Avengers uh, Infinity War. It's because like, of Kyle? Which is because what? Because of Kyle. Every time I go to his house, he just puts it on. What scene is it? Uh, it's like the beginning scene when uh, Thor and Loki are together and then they... The, just before he dies? Yeah. Just uh, before spoiler. Loki dies. Yeah. Like, I've watched that scene like... Yeah, I've seen it quite a bit. Probably like 45 times. It's a good opening scene. I yeah. go to his house, it's we sit on the couch, he cracks a beer and then he's like... You want to see my TV? And he puts on this. I'm like, dude, <laughs> this is the 40th time we've watched this oh, already. I know what your TV looks my, like. My most my most seen scenes are probably all just going to be Iron Man scenes because I've rewatched those movies probably the most. Yeah, because you model your lifestyle after Tony Stark. That's I true. I, I, I talked to Tony Stark. Really all that. the way down, times. dude. All the way down to your disconnected beard. It's like, pretty connected. When you now. do have right Tony, now, it is. You're like one of the guys. I'm pretty sure you no, had a cameo different. in the. Tony in Stark's it. beard connects almost around his chin. Mine goes all the way up to my jaw. I'm pretty it's sure you. Different. I'm pretty sure you have a cameo in Avengers when all those TVs are going off and people have their beards cut like oh, Tony in Stark. Iron Man and you're on. In Iron Man Three, is there's it that Iron scene where there's the guy who's who works inside the cable box and he's just like, "I love you. I kind of modeled my whole look after <laughs> yeah. you." Yeah, that's definitely hey, you. That's me. Okay, so we've got favorite Marvel movie. Uh, now, best Marvel movie. This might be a debate a little bit. Um, it I might not be, man. It might not be. It well, might we're be talking about objectively based quickly. on like what's the best film from a 
from a critical like good filmmaking how standpoint. it was received how the movie uh Thor rock world for sure okay <laughs> you fuck <laughs> it's definitely infinity war you think I it's mean, the best movie it's arguable no. yeah you can debate that for sure yeah, Infinity, I think it's, I think Infinity, Infinity War is too long and meandering and doesn't flow. Are we doing an order again? Or are we just gonna talk? No, I, I'm gonna throw it discussing? out there. I'm gonna throw out there. I'm gonna throw out the, the highest, like the critically acclaimed ones, and then I want us to kind of go through them and, and decide. Yeah, on they which have they like are. Rotten Tomato scores or yeah. Metacritic scores. Well, we'll go by. I'll go by Metacritic and also just what's been like received very, very well. So oh. we've got Thor Ragnarok. Really? At what? Uh, Give us scores. Give man. me one second. This guy's a liar, not right? Prepared. I got the scores right here. Give not, me one second. Not prepared. So uh, I got your scores right here. Let me just open up my, my laptop. Okay. Oh, just sorry. Software update in progress. Um, just got to vape van for a bit here. Okay, well. Give me a second. I'm going to guess. Can we guess? I'm going to guess it has... The eight. highest scores? Yeah, I'm going to guess it has an 85. No, higher than that. Is it really guessing if It'll you have IMDb 90s. open on your It'll computer? It'll be in the 90s. Thor Ragnarok <laughs> will be in the 90s. Wikipedia I'm open. pretty sure the highest reviewed Wikipedia overall is actually Black Panther. Of but course. let me double check. Well, it was nominated for Picture of the Year or whatever. Yeah, like, Best Picture. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, give me one second. I'll I have uh, Rotten Tomatoes open as well. Do you? Yeah. Do you have the entire MCU up? Not in... This is making for great radio, guys. Not in thing, no. Thor, oh no. Okay, so Fresh Meter, 92% on Thor Ragnarok. Audience score is okay, 87%. So I'll, I'll list it off here. I got it. Okay, Black Panther holds the top spot with 97%. Audiences have it at 79. Iron Man, the original Iron Man, 93. Thor Ragnarok, 92. Homecoming, 92. Avengers, 92. Civil War, 91. Guardians, 91. And then Winter Soldier, 90. So those are all the ones that are 90 and above. Uh, That's it. Those are the ones. Next topic. Yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and we're done. It's funny. There's a pretty big. <laughs> there's, a, there's a pretty big jump because then it goes from uh, Iron Man two to seventy three, and then it goes Thor: Dark World sixty seven, Incredible Hulk sixty seven. There's, uh, no, there's no. There's none in the eighties. There's a couple in the eighties, but there's a pretty big jump when yeah. you get to like the to, to the seventies and then and then below eighties. I mean, Doctor Strange is at eighty nine. I enjoy Doctor Strange. I, I can't believe take into account though with these you scores. You enjoy Doctor Strange? I these thoroughly enjoy Doctor Strange. A lot on what the expectations are for the films at the time. They're also aggregate. Like, like it's not. It's not that. Is they... Iron Man? Is Iron Man still one of the best ones, or was the expectation like this is a comic book movie and were expectations so low that we? I think that, Iron Man is one of the best movie. MCU movies. I think that that's the original. Not, it's top five. The first for one. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's let's work through them. Black Panther. Does anybody think that Black Panther is the best MCU movie? No, I agree with that. I don't think it's the best. I think it's up though. there. I, I think it has a good soundtrack. I think it has an incredible social impact. Yeah. I think it's. Re- I think it's a. Re- it is one of the best ones, but I don't think. I don't think it's quite far from being one of the best ones. Especially I, I when put it in my top five. The falling action of the really? movie largely doesn't make sense. Like characters betray their notions and duties. Um, it's just very much like there. There comes a point where like, you know, Killmonger. Killmonger like gets his win. Killmonger is the king of Wakanda, and then the very much the rest of it is just like, okay, now we're gonna quickly undo this. We had your bit, and it's just like the revolution, the whole part where like they get to the point where they're fi- like they're fight they're fighting and they're reclaiming the crown. Everyone's shouting Wakanda forever, even though it's a civil war, and they're all fighting for Wakanda. No, they're not. That part doesn't make sense. Mm, that but, part I would disagree with. I think that there's there's there is. There was people that were like loyal to Wakanda, but didn't necessarily uh, find themselves loyal to what Killmonger's motives were. But they still were loyal to the country itself, and then they lawyer- they were just going through the tradition of what had been laid out for them. There had never been somebody like Killmonger in a position of power in Wakanda, so it was more so like they were loyal to 
the the nation itself and trying to like protect what Wakanda had set out. But you had a, a tyrant basically leading Wakanda for a very short period of time. I agree. I well, don't think it was one of the they're best. They're all tyrants, right? Like it's, that's another thing is like there it's a monarchy. Yeah, but it's not. I mean, okay, so there's a difference between T'Challa one, one of and them was One of them was advocating for global race war. The other one was was like, which I is don't a little bit. Is, don't maybe you, I'll join the Avengers. Don't you feel like that's a little bit more tyrannical than maybe I'll join the Avengers? Yeah, but when we're talking about like political structure, we're getting away from like MCU stuff and mostly just like I think Black Panther is an incredibly important Marvel movie. Um, and I think it gets a lot of points for the fact that it do, it is very important that this movie exists. Um, and it gets points on a qualitative standpoint that I don't think it necessarily always deserves. But otherwise, it's it is a really good Marvel. Movie. I think it's up there. I think it's top five for me. Really, um, you put it in top five? I put it top five. Yeah, I think it's great. My only opinion about that movie is I didn't like the use of CGI in it. The whole fight scene in the train, where it's a pure CGI fight scene, just undid it for oh, me. Oh, when they're around all the vibrating that was, yeah, and stuff. Yeah, such a disconnect I mean, for me. The I did entirety like... of sets and scenes and shots, like just like Welcome to Wakanda video games. Yeah, I mean it's it's okay. It's not. It wasn't terrible until that point. Like the fight, it just undid it for me. It's not terrible at all. Um, okay, so that covers Black Panther. Iron Man. Does anybody have an argument for Iron Man being the best MCU movie? No. No. I wouldn't put it in. I mean, you always pay respect to the OG, and that was the yeah. first, like, oh, we're going to introduce phase one into Marvel. That was the first thing. It wasn't so. even phase one at the time. It was just like, let's make Iron Man. Yeah, see what so happens. Pay, pay your respect. Had, I think. So the story behind Iron Man is that they didn't know whether there was, it was actually a big thing for Marvel uh, Studios, and they put all of, of everything they had into it because they didn't know whether there was ever, they were ever going to be able to make a movie ever again. Mm-hmm. So that's why there's a lot of like Easter eggs for, for things sure. like the Mandarin because they didn't actually think that there was going to be a sequel, and then it became widely successful, and it allowed, obviously, them for the, to, to launch the MCU, but... There, I don't think Marvel had very much expectations for Iron Man either. Um, I still would argue that it's top five. Like, it's part of my top five as well. Um, Your top five is, is big, eh? What do you mean? Your top five is top ten. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you have to think about what's What did your... I put into my top five? You put already two movies in your top five. Plus the two that were your favorite. <laughs> and so Guardians. You have four. Yeah, so there's a, there's a wild card, and I haven't mentioned it yet. <laughs> okay, man. Your wild card is going to be... Yeah, I mean, do you like I, you, know. I, I, think, I think the biggest I think you're thing throwing about... top five around too easy is like his all NBA team is like yeah, yeah. fifty people strong. It's too like easy. you already got Guardians in there, right? Yeah. You've got Black Panther. Yeah. You've got Homecoming. Iron Man. What? Well, Homecoming's not on my top. Homecoming's five. not no. on your top five. Homecoming's not in your top five. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense, guys. We need to stop recording right now. A scroll has replaced Daniel Ortega. <laughs> We're Homecoming's, not, Homecoming is not on my top five. I think you're lying. You I have think so it's amazing. many Spider-Man posters. What? No, you no. put Black Panther in your top five over Homecoming. Yeah. Oh my God, no! I don't. Know, I, I enjoy Black like, Panther a lot. I feel like I don't know you. Okay. Anyways, just besides, yeah. Yeah, besides the point. Do you want me to list off my top five? No, just no, no, this no, no. no. You already know four of them. <laughs> I feel like Guardians, yeah, but we're not Guardians, ready for the next eight. Thor, Black Panther, Iron Man, and then Winter Soldier. Those Thor, are my top Rock. five. Oh, yeah. I can see Winter Soldier being in mine. Yeah. Well, I mean, what's this is why it's a personal top five. It's not a. I guess then, like where I'll like. Yes, man. Sure. Coming off of that, I'll say like I think Winter Soldier actually is objectively the from a filmmaking standpoint, let alone how you feel about Marvel characters. It's the best movie. I think it's the best it's movie. The, I would agree. I, it's the best MCU it movie. That, that really elevator well. fight scene is fucking amazing. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> the set pieces in the movie are fantastic. And they're not overwhelming. There's great character development. Um, the relationships are believable. Uh, the reference, references are timely. 
It, like, it just makes me sad that it's a Captain America. It movie. also it re- why does it make you sad? Because I don't like Captain America. I but don't that's either. Also, but that's also part of why that like, movie. My I think favorite is so, movie, my favorite characters are not in that movie. It's so significant is that it it took a relatively mediocre, at least in my opinion, first Avenger movie, Character. and it jumped like 100%. way up. And like, the, and not only did it do it for Captain America, it reset the status quo for the MCU. Yeah, like. Shield fell apart in that movie. Yeah, everything changes as a result of that movie. When Agents of Shield was was relatively t- uh, closely tied to the MCU, that show changed and became a much better show when they removed the Shield element of Agents of Shield. So the the rolling effect that Winter Soldier had on everything else, all things considered, not even not even just talking about the movie itself, I think it had a great ripple effect on the rest of the MCU. Oh, but yeah, then yeah, from you a, credit the Russo brothers to that from one a, too. Yeah, um, and it got them the gig to do Infinity War and to yeah. do Civil War and yeah. to do Endgame. I've done three movies since that because that's how good it was. Yeah. So um, I think, yeah, I think I agree. I, Paul, I don't know if Shane is on the same page with it, but I think it's the uh, the best. Yeah, it's it's it's. I would say it's movies. the best. One thing I think that film does really well, though, in at that time when you look at the movies around it, is it looks as the theme of like absolute power corrupting absolutely. When you that movie like is the precursor to Age of Ultron, and you have like. So that you have Iron Man two and Iron Man two and three and around that space and it looks at like these like humans are now like becoming so powerful and they have access like the means that they have access to are becoming so great and so boundless and at some point it's just like how are they dealing with that how are they reconciling the fact that they now have the big they're now they're now introducing themselves to bigger and bigger sticks and they don't know how that changes the scope of the playground the whole, a big part of that movie is. Nick Fury and Shield deploying this fleet of these incredible helicarriers that are able to like isolate and find targets before they've even committed like it's very much a minority report style like predicting crime and threats before they happen and just the character of Captain America is very much posed against that and it sets these themes for like the next phase going forward. Mm-hmm. It, that's part that's part of the things that they the Russo brothers do so masterfully that makes that movie objectively just a really great film, let alone a Marvel film. Yeah, and then you you throw in the the Bucky twist, you throw in uh you know the the, the personal stakes that are in that movie for for uh for Captain America that very much rolls into Civil War. Like I don't think you can have Civil I War. I also really enjoy Civil War. A I lot. think it's great too. I think they're actually pretty. I'd say they're pretty flat. Like I think it's a pretty lateral. Yeah. They feel very much intertwined because the Bucky story really does carry on into Civil War, and he becomes almost like the the stand-in for Spider-Man in a lot of mm-hmm. ways from the comics. Like he almost kind of replaces that in the same way that the Civil War storyline in the comics breaks if you don't have Spider-Man in it. He, right. He almost is that swing character as well. It's different because it's a different story. It's trying to tell, but there's so much emotional gravity in in uh, in Civil War that pays off because of what you know about Bucky mm-hmm. in in Winter Soldier, like mm-hmm. that whole last scene. Um, where Tony finds out that it's uh, it's his um, boy. It's well, yeah. He, he's the one that kills uh, the, his his parents, Howard and uh, and his mom. But like, you don't have that without understanding the relationship that Bucky and that and that Cap have throughout the first two films, especially in the Winter Soldier, because of what he does for him to try to pull him out of being uh, basically a weapon, right? So I think that it, you know, it does so much for its own trilogy. It does so much for the MCU. It does so much for everything that Marvel's really done since that movie. It's had the greatest ripple effects. And then on top of that, yeah, if we take yeah. it back to just, you know, good filmmaking, I think it's beautifully shot. I think mm-hmm. it's 
concise. It doesn't really have much fat on it. Uh, and some of the fight scenes, Shane called it out, that elevator fight scene stands out as one of the best in the MCU, I think, so far. Like, it's it's so... And it's just, like, it's directed well. It's really... he. There's barely any dialogue. I think he just says, so are we just going to get this over with or, or whatever? Sharp, punchy dialogue, though. And then he... Uh, <laughs> and then it's... The, the hits land harder in that movie as well. Like, every time Captain America throws a punch in that movie... I, like you feel it like it, it feels like he's just shattering chest cavities the entire movie it's insane so um yeah i think it's a it's, it's a great movie. but he's not killing them he's not he's, he's just, just maiming severely, them severely severely injuring them yeah in a nation that has no health care they have health care they don't have good health care they don't have great health care they don't have good health care they're all injured and they all had hundreds of hundreds of thousand dollars of bills do to Captain America. It's really an analogy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. America I mean, just it, punched them in the gut and then charged them $100,000. And uh, and suffers the, the effects of Russian collusion. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so, okay. So, we think that Captain America, Winter Soldier, can we unanimously agree that that's the best MCU movie? Shane, this is contingent on you. Or do you have a, a wild card <laughs> vote here? Well, you object. Well, you heard all of my opinions there. Um, you know, so I would say yes. It's the best. But you did I, mean, I have, like, adequate... like. You I, let off saying Infinity War, though, I, so what's your argument for so Infinity War? So I suffer from recency bias. <laughs> I, I, will, I, I will be honest with you. Captain Marvel is the best MCU movie. I will be honest with you. Yeah. It's the reason why the reason why I love that movie. Um, <laughs> I'm getting a call. I gotta go. I, I suffer from recency bias. I have a very bad memory. So, like, I would have to rewatch. I feel like I have a bad memory, too. Like, Paul, like, explaining things and carriers and shit. I was like, what? There were hella carriers. In... <laughs> I'm like, you have a good memory. I was like, when was the last time you watched that That's movie? when they, well, they allude to Doctor Strange. They do a whole bunch of Man, little see, things in that I'm, movie. I'm on the same team with Shane right now. Like, I got to rewatch these things. Yeah, you got to yeah, rewatch. Yeah, I feel like movie. I don't add value to that. I will say, sure. Because Paul explained it so well and vividly. I feel like I've watched the movie. I closed my eyes and imagined it. So I would say, yeah, why not? I'll go with that. Otherwise, my recency bias tells me Avengers is the best because it has Infinity all the people. Yeah, yeah, it has all the people in it, and uh, you know they all come together. But shouldn't that be funny. even your favorite opposed to the best? No, because I think it's actually well executed as well. I think that I think seeing that movie and seeing how they weave together three phases of Marvel movies, storylines, and character plots, yeah. and I think that is underrated in the amount of effort it would take to do that into a cohesive story. And I feel like the story is pretty cohesive and left a twist that has got people excited to go see Endgame and see what the fuck is going on more so than any other movie. And we can, and we can never universe. forget about the guy sitting next to you. Yeah, the guy who was coming next to me was an unforgettable experience. I think I had a body experience. I think yeah. what they uh, what they did really well in that too is like they had so many contributors. They had James Gunn handle the the portions for Guardians, yeah. but there's you also have to be able to collaborate really well with the main director of the movie. So not only does Kevin Feige have a vision for the movie, not only do you have a massive cast of characters, so but many. you're also you you're collaborating across three different directors that we know of, and I'm sure people had input here and there. Can't believe it's but, less than a week away, man. I know it's only. Yeah, six days away. I can't before believe we, it. Before we before we it's... wrap this up, do you guys did you guys want to do like end game predictions? No, not like for the entire movie, but just like things no. you think will happen. I, I have one. That's fair. I have one. For I don't want to hear any of them. Why? Because I just want to go into the movie. I don't it's, it's fun talking about stuff, though. It's not like we saw the movie. We're just talking about what we think. Yeah. It's, it's like we think the like you're gonna Dude, if Paul has a speculation, it's based off years of theses that he's written based well, off the movies. Judging by how deeply he can describe. A movie that occurred eight years ago, and he's like, yeah, this plot twist, and then this character interacted with this character and said this line of dialogue. 
If he has a theory, it's not a theory. It's a fucking thesis. <laughs> and I don't want to hear a thesis before I go into this movie. He makes a fair point. He's He's a, he has me convinced. Everyone but Paul can share something. Yeah, like, okay. Gabby, I'm interested, <laughs> right. I'm interested to hear your theory, because I feel like yours is more loosey-goosey. It's just like, yeah, that's what my balls tell me, so I'll go with that. <laughs> Gabby shakes his balls I'm like, like I'm and like so excited, man. <laughs> Remains to be seen. I can't believe it's, like, coming to an end. I just, I still can't believe it. I wonder what it's going to look like, and maybe we'll have this conversation Have next you seen month. Infinity War? It's probably going to look like that. Let me finish my point, maybe, and then I'll be able to say. Bye. What Bye, I meant Paul. to say, I wonder what what it's going to look like after Endgame because it's, it, I mean, this is a, this is a twenty two movie arc, yeah. So this is also going to be a status quo resetter for the MCU, and you have, yeah, you I know, think it's going like to set up the new Avengers. Well, we also don't know anything about the movies that are going to come out past Far From Home. Like we don't know about Doctor Strange, we don't know about Black Panther. We can assume based on box office box office performance and all this stuff what's going to happen, but we don't have a slate of movies that we know of other than Far From Home. So really, as far as we know, the MCU is done after July. We know that that's not going to be the case. When's uh, Comic-Con? Uh, August. I bet, August? Hear, I bet you'll hear what's coming. I think we'll hear pretty quickly after. Like, I, I think, think we'll start we'll to hear, hear stuff. August. I think, think Comic-Con. So we'll okay, well, Why not? Comic-Con's like the biggest like, event for comic books. Why I think not? it's the last weekend of August, if I'm not mistaken. Why not announce their next two or three movies on that day? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what their what their roadmap is, especially with them. Because you know there Fox. is one. They just haven't talked about they it. They haven't revealed it yet. And I'm sure Black Panther is in there, and I'm sure Doctor Strange 2 is in there, and yeah. all of the characters that have come out with great debuts in I'm the last sure couple if, years. If, Guardians 3 we know is coming. Yeah, because I'm sure if Disney had already or they had like owned Spider-Man, then Homecoming wouldn't have come out this year, I don't think. Far from home, you mean? like yeah, yeah, far from home. Like I feel like that movie wouldn't have like been a thing if it was, you know what I mean? You think they wouldn't have announced it if it wasn't a Sony movie? Is what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. I feel like it would have come out on a later date, so that they could preserve like the mystery of it. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the theory that I have for it, and I know Shane doesn't want to hear anything that's well informed, but this is actually something that, something that somebody shared really quickly after Infinity War last year that the significance of having the original six Avengers being the only ones left is. You know, will it be like a trade-off to get everybody else back? So I think it'll involve having to sacrifice the, the characters that we've gotten to know well over the course of the last 20 movies. I so disagree I think, with that theory. Well, that's fair. That's I mean, it's just a theory. That's why. <laughs> so I think it'll have to do with, you know, people giving up their lives for, for the other. There's, there's very much like a, a counterpart story. So like Tony is concerned about losing Spider-Man. Obviously, Bucky and, and, and Cap's relationship. Cap or Bucky's gone. Cap is still around. So there's almost always the counterpart that's disappeared. I think that that'll play into it somehow. And we still don't know what the Soul Stone does, really. Um, so the we'll find out in six days. Stone. Captain America for Bucky feels like one of those NBA trades that happens on deadline day that no one's like, people are just like, okay. It's <laughs> a good analogy. Like, both characters have such low social capital right now after, like... Civil War, it really feels like neither like neither of them anyone's gonna be like <gasps> I mean Bucky helped in Black Panther. A little bit, yeah, he did. Yeah. He also helped in Infinity War. Like I think that the stakes are high enough now where like the whole government being like, Oh, like superheroes, like don't over like don't overreach. Like you guys should stay in a fucking in a in a facility and only really like we'll call on you when we need you. It's like well half the population of of the universe just disappeared. I have to maybe you might want to gone too, be right? a little bit lenient on the fucking Sokovia Accords <laughs> for like a month until they can maybe restore some people back. We also don't know what the state of the world is at that point, like timeline no. wise. Yeah, so that's what's curious. Like that there's a lot of I think there's a lot that we have to see because we haven't seen any fallout of Infinity War. Every movie that we've seen since has either taken place during or before, so we don't really know what yeah, the world well, looks uh, like after the snap, on, after the decimation. That's as they on call purpose, it. though. Yeah. 
So it's, we're going to find out on fucking Thursday. It really feels like the writer's room from The Leftovers is going to watch like the first half an hour of like Endgame and just be like, yeah, this was a really good idea, isn't it? Like make half the world disappear. See what happens. Watch our show. Well, we're going to find out. It's gone. On Thursday. Wicked. Only six days away. And then you'll hear a podcast from us very shortly Reactions. after. Reactions. Uh, uh, thoughts, reviews, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe we'll have to reconsider our favorite MCU movie after Endgame. <laughs> um, for Shane, for sure. Because I'm sure it'll be... Uh, Recent two bias. bias. <laughs> we'll come in right after and be like, it's the best. There's no. There's nothing there's no better. Doubt. There's no doubt. I, le- <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I leave movies that are in sagas or like long-winded things and i'm like that's definitely the best one that came out <laughs> every time i left the, the latest star wars i was like that's the best star wars i've seen oh everyone's boy that's like, controversial everyone's like that fucking movie ruined the star wars universe and i'm like i got goosebumps when they pulled out their lightsabers in the yeah. chamber scene i was like this is what it must have been like but anyways that's a topic i for agree with you on that though we both that's, a, that's, that's, fine. that's, that's fine. for a different day it. that's for a different yeah. day but that's well, fine, man. Like, these Love movies it. are here for your entertainment. They're here for fun. And like, if you're watching them and you're entertained by them, like, who cares? That's why I, I recently watched uh, Skyscraper and The Meg, and I thoroughly enjoyed them both. And right? you like Paul Blart Mall Cop. And I enjoyed Paul Blart I feel Mall like Cop. Paul Blart Mall Cop, Mall Cop doesn't quite have the, so what? <laughs> the following of Star Wars, though, where people are going to pick it apart. And well, I feel like basically you're ruining the Paul right? Blart <laughs> continuity. You'd be surprised. You have some, you have some real friends in your life. That's not consistent with the prequel. <laughs> you have some real friends in your life who make fun of you for like, liking certain movies, but it's all good. I don't make fun of you. I'm I, just, a, I'm a, I wasn't referring I to you. I, I wasn't referring think, to you. The people listening to this podcast will text me. Don't worry. I don't think the emotional stakes were there for anybody to really heavily criticize. The Paul like part. Paul Shark. <laughs> it's Star Mall Wars, Flop. James Mall. Bond, Mall I, I do Mall, recommend Mall the Meg and, uh, and Paul uh, Shark Ball Cop. He just Paul. takes balls from people. Paul Smart Fart. Gabby, fart you never told us what your balls tell you about the movie, though. Yeah. What, what are you feeling down there? <laughs> I don't want to mention. You're half chub, eh? Okay, cool, man. He's full chub. I'm beyond half chub. We recorded a podcast about the Avengers. I'm pretty sure we're all like full chub. It's getting hot in here. Let's wrap it up. All right. Wrap we'll see up. you guys on Thursday. Follow us on Instagram. And, 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 and Twitter. And Twitter. We got Facebook. a website coming soon designed by yours truly, Gabby. Not yours truly would be you. Yeah, I'm Gabby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, on Thursday, we're going to have uh, another Odd Topping episode. Uh, so look out for that. Um, and then you'll also... Watch out! You'll hear our thoughts on Endgame very shortly after this Thursday, once all of us have seen it on Thursday night. So look forward uh, to the weekend, and we look forward to the weekend, and Easter, and and Sunday service, and so many things are happening this week that are exciting. Anyways, uh, it's been a slice, everybody. Guys, it's been a slice. Bye. Guys, it's been a slice. Bye.